What is up, man? What is up? Bitcoin is up today. Bitcoin. Bitcoin is up today. It's been up yesterday. Hey, Bitcoin to the moon, right? 100K. Bitcoin's going to 100K. I got a salt order. 100K. <laughs> so we've been in an uptrend for about 21 days now, the whole month of January. Mm -hmm. January is typically not a good month for crypto. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit unusual. Right. But we go with the market. We've had traders in our server taking longs. We've had traders taking shorts, lots of scalps going on. So in the past two weeks, price ranging from 22 to 23.8. About a week ago, we were down at 20K. Good thing about that is whenever we have the majors start pumping, the alts usually take a back seat. But right now, they push the brakes on the majors and we start seeing, which is nice if you're a holder of some of these alt, alt projects, you start seeing these 50% pumps. If you've start buying the bottoms, especially in our Discord, we've been throwing out these longer term calls, definitely start taking some profit. Uh, it's nice to see the, uh, I think Matic was up 240% since June. Uh, well, that was definitely a call we've had. But uh, right now, right now, the alts are pumping, which is super, super great to see, especially for long term investors. Yeah, we also called out Phantom. Mm -hmm. One of our traders was calling out Phantom. He was he was buying the lows down here, and that's been up huge. We've had FitFi pumping as well. Another big one was the uh, audio, audio listing on that's Coinbase. Right. Yeah, this was a massive move here, 102% in a couple days. So that, that was pretty significant. Today, we're going to be backing up a little bit and kind of talking about what it means to be an investor and what it means to be a trader. We're going to be defining those two things and talking about how we do those and also the difference in mindset required between the two because they're very different. Absolutely. They have some similar principles, you know, buy low, sell high, <laughs> buy high, sell low mm -hmm. if you're in a short. But there's, there's some stark contrasts in terms of mentality when going about these things. Absolutely. So to start off, I kind of wanted to show some investments I've made. The first one's going to be Tesla for me. I bought the COVID crash on Tesla. I think I made 100%. I was, I was a bit in and out. I started buying probably in April, maybe late March, April. I was buying a few stocks here. I was buying Shopify, you know, some things that had to do with delivery and e-commerce or just buying products online because I knew with lockdowns, those stocks were going to make a move. I mean, I had a bit more time on my hands and really I was mm -hmm. just buying and expecting the future price to be greater than what I purchased for. That's the core element of what investing is. You're buying an asset or something with the idea that in the future, you will be able to use that thing to make more money than what you spent purchasing it. Very simple concept, but emotions can get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. And the main mistake people make when investing is not selling when they are in profit. Right. You don't know how much profit you are going to be in. <laughs> You're, you can't predict the market. Mm -hmm. You can make projections and be correct, but you don't know exactly what percent it's going to go up or down or whether it's going to go up or down at all. Look at this zone here on Tesla. We ranged for 77 days. Mm -hmm. We don't know that. That was the night I made 100% on Tesla and some of those other stocks like Shopify. Then I got out and then I started buying Ethereum because I saw I invested in crypto before that, 2017, I should say. I had some experience with Ethereum, and right. I knew Ethereum outperforms Bitcoin, and it sure did. <laughs> yeah, and there's something good to, to bring up, and you touched on it. 
anybody could be an investor and it could be almost anything. You can invest in a lemonade stand. If the idea is that you're going to put in some type of currency or capital or, or even utility of work with the idea of achieving some type of profit in a long term or short term, you're investing. And there's a lot of communities out there, especially in the crypto, uh, when they get into these little tribes and they'll say, you're not an investor, you just bought crypto. I don't understand that mentality, so I don't buy into these people. If I put my money with an anticipation to gain profit in the end, that's that's investing. I'm an investor in that particular project. 100%. I would just say for if you run across any type of community that starts bashing on people where technically you're not an investor, leave that community. Okay, they're, they're, it's not it's not right. And most of the time they'll talk you out of a bad investment, especially when they tout. ROI. <laughs> it's like your ROI on this is this and you're not an investor. Come on. That's a that's a rug waiting to happen. So but uh, <laughs> exactly. It, it could just, just be time too, right? You could you could spend time, the right. time to invest in yourself by learning a new skill. We, we, we do a lot of uh, what we call like sweat equity, right? So if you put a for me, if I if I have built something from my own labor, uh, I'm investing in myself into this project with the anticipation for it to be successful, whether it's it's monetary, whether it's mm-hmm. just me being better health, you know, there's a different ways you can look at it. But we here at CryptoWansme mainly invest in projects. And we look at, like you're saying, uh, for the long term, based on our technical and fundamental analysis, where is price going to go? We have an idea and you're going to put the money where your mouth is and see if you get what you what you got coming to you at the end. At that point where I kind of exited Tesla and my other stocks, I started buying ETH in December. I started chunking in, so value cost averaging, larger chunks. I knew the previous all-time high was about $1,400. I think it hit $1,800 on some exchanges back then, and I remember that. So I was like, okay, this could be a good 20 to maybe 100% move. So I started chunking in at $800 right down here. Yeah, it looked like January 4th, actually, mm-hmm. just after December. And price just started skyrocketing. Very happy with that because I had taken my 100% profits, Yeah, you know, put it in crypto, then started putting more of my money into crypto by the top. You know, I had 3x'd all my assets. That was my investment. That's how I invested. I saw an opportunity. I did put some risk on the table, put a lot of risk on the table, but I was very confident in the play. Typically with investing, you're not going to have that sort of success on that regular of a basis because, I mean, every single one of my buys was in profit for the whole bull run, essentially. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there was a the whole thing about if you if you lost money during the bull run, you need to take a pause. Yep. Get 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 a mentor, get something because that bull run was pretty amazing. And uh, even even me, I had, there was a point where I was making money, but I didn't really know somewhat, like I, I needed to shore up some reasons why. Like I got the basics. I, I had the, the uh, I've invested in stocks over the years. I just, there was something about crypto where you're not supposed to gain a thousand percent on a spot buy in a year. And yet it was happening. So for, for me, I was, I would take profit, but I was like, man, it's still going up. And the no FOMO thing, it's hard when the emotions kick in. It's a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge, right? So some definite mistakes were made, right? Not all of Mm -hmm. us took as much profit as we should have. I mean, really, we should have been closing out our whole bags if if we had done that well, right? And this area was risky, right? We had this previous 
top, Bitcoin kind of had similar behavior where the second mm -hmm. half of the bull run, it was kind of just this blow off top, not too much higher than the previous high. And we were starting to see a sharp pullback. And that, that was the sign, you know, we, if we go down to the 12 hour, right. We even had Legion signals right at the top here. And we saw them, but we didn't quite understand it at the time. I think we've highlighted that before at some previous talks yeah. in our server and some videos. This was the turn, you know, the Fed started to pivot, things started going down, but a lot of us weren't paying attention because crypto was moving nicely with the stock market, but also it was starting to do its own thing because of the amount of money mm -hmm. that was in the market. The total crypto market cap was just massive. I mean, $3 trillion, I mean, that's small compared to a lot of other financial instruments but regardless 300 percent in a year we should have closed out the whole thing there the no fomo indicator at the top there the no fomo indicator so for those who are not familiar with what this is this is a green x or a level <laughs> four extreme signal from the legion indicator if we go here and look at the bottoms too we're starting to see some of those as well right we saw those on bitcoin there's a really nice signal on the 12 hour and on the daily for bitcoin yeah, so we got these 12-hour signals here. We got a level four extreme signal on the downside. And since that signal, price has increased 51%. This Legion indicator is one of our investments. We've invested a lot of time, lot of time. a lot of time <laughs> and money. Lots of, lots of money, lots of time, lots of testing. Lots of uh, testing. And we use it. We don't even need the Discord. Some of us will just sit around and we could just get in here and fire off some of our own trades looking at the Legion. But we also have to look at the reality of what's going on in the global markets. So we have a no FOMO on the bottom side too. The macro is what that tells us is, yeah, it's going to have to retrace to get liquidity so investors can get their money back, right? Yeah. Market makers don't, don't do well if they scare everybody away from the market. And they also have money themselves as, in, as larger institutions dropping that price is what we see these in those green uh, liquidity zones. So they're going to come up and recover that while also building shorts because there's a lot of area below in Bitcoin that need to be recovered. Some people might call it dirty liquidity that it doesn't need to because it's just on the onset of it going up so fast. Is it a possibility that Bitcoin continues to drop? Yes. Right now, it's going to go up to PEMAs and recover some liquidity zones. And, and that's fine. It's normal. This is all normal. The last move here we had on the 20th, it came up, but not very significantly. Yeah. It was only 13% move. We're still in this zone. It grabbed this liquidity over here. We've got a red vector that had part of the body was unrecovered. We're still in the 200 EMA zone for me on the daily. Mm -hmm. The 50 EMA is getting closer and closer to price as we've been consolidating here. It's actually getting more and more risky to the upside. It would be great. I mean, if we could just print a W formation, a double bottom pattern and just continue higher. Great. Like we talked about in the previous episode, there's still a lot of macroeconomic issues at play. There's high inflation worldwide and global recession. The tech sector is starting to get laid off. What other sector is going to be next? Right. There's a lot to look at. Let's, let's take a step back from investing. I want to ask you about trading. What is trading? Okay. So trading is very similar to investing. In fact, they could be synonymous. Uh, trading is essentially anybody who's going to buy and sell any type of good currency or uh, what we use is crypto and you can buy stocks, right? Trade real estate, whatever. Okay. But we're keeping it and then we're offloading it. and there's many different types of traders. So we have our, our scalper 
our swing trader position, hodler. Hodler would be mostly, most like our, our investor. Right here, I have Matic. I love Matic. I love the Polygon Network. The, the project itself is fantastic, especially if you're trying to just buy, hold, and then sell. We have designed bots that just buy the bottom. And so if we look right here, as a, as a trader, if you're just buying as from a hodler perspective, I'm going to buy at the bottoms and then offload a bit of my bag at key, key areas such as, you know, um, so we got a yellow extreme X, which means that it's been oversold buy a lot and it's going to have to return to the 50 200 and maybe even to the 800 which is the purple so if you look right here we're at about 240 percent along the way you don't have to get rid of your bag but for me i would probably offload 50 60 percent of my bag and then reinvest it on my different indicators one thing as far as to i guess temper expectations is what time frame are you executing your trades and what time frames are you looking at the big macro, what we call the environmental time frame. So you have environmental and you have execution. The 12 hour for me is more of an environmental. I'm a scalper or even a swing trader. A uh, scalper is usually going to have in and out real quick. You're looking at no longer than probably one to two hours to be in a trade max. And uh, swing trades, you can hold on for a little bit longer. So what you just showed here is a swing trade. It could be a swing trade depending on what your st strategy at the time is, right? So if you're hodling, you're just buying the bottom and you're just keeping it. So I mean, I, I didn't use that correctly in that sense. So if you're buying and just holding and never selling, you're hodling, you're investing. No. If you're doing a swing trade, like what you had just mentioned off the 12 hour, I'm looking for this my signals and where it's at relative to price and what the overall trend is. Um, you can get super fancy with it. It can make it super easy and be like, hey, I'm just going to go off of what, what my strategy is and it's to buy at the bottoms or whatever indicator plus a few other confirmations. For me, it would be at these X's. To temper expectations and what I find the difference between or what swing traders, scalpers, position, and hollers, mistakes they make is they operate on different time frames for the type of trading they do. So as a scalper, we said it's like a one to two hour max, right? Exactly. You're going to be looking at the one minute, the five minute, the seven, 15 hour, four hour. That's going to be exactly. your bread and butter. And, and what, what the mistake people make as scalpers, and I've done this, is I'll be in, in a couple of trades at the same time and I'll look at one hour when I'm really executing on the five minute and I'll go in on the one hour and accident and I'll be like, oh man, because the candle ain't moving, but I see my price dropping. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so for a scalper, you really have to, you get onto what we call the heart attack timeframes, which is like, you know, the 30 second, one minute, the five minute, seven minute, 15 minute. Okay, mostly the one is the heart attack. That's that's a good representation of what's happening in the market right now. Also, you get a week's worth of level movement in one day, one 24-hour period on the one minute. Yeah. So it is very fast. You have to know what you're doing. Keep your head on a swivel. Here's where I can help out as far as if you're a swing trader or a long-term holder, don't be looking at your phone every five minutes to see where price is going. Price is going to dip. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. If you look right here on the far left, price jumped up, right? And then it went down mm -hmm. and it continued up. This is where people, you can either start selling some of your bag and then buying at the bottom, but people will start panicking right about here. They're like, oh my God, you know, like I need to get out of this trade. It's crashing. They're pulling the plug. I'm, no, 
it has to retrace to get the Aries liquidity before it continues up. So we're looking for general overall trends. If you are swing trading and checking the five minute time frame, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Yep. So if I was swing trading, let's go on the one hour time frame. A tip that you could use is if you think price is going to go wherever, okay, and I'll just draw it out, right? Get a projection going. Get a projection. You're like, it's going to go here and here and here, right? Okay. And that's that's where I think price is going to go. I really don't think price is going to do this, but if it did, this is where it would go. Next, draw a line right here, okay? And that's where you think price is going to go. Then we're going to measure that line. So that's 515 bars on the one hour. That's 515 hours. You got a lot of time. You got to a lot be of time. The five minute there. That's why you stay away. And I, I would say the other pitfall for both traders and investors is confusing which investment or which trade is a trade or an investment because where the hodlers get messed up is if you go out and zoom out to the uh, larger Matic time frame there where you're showing that that huge spike up price will spike up and then it will start coming down mm -hmm. they'll sell and then it comes right back up higher than where <laughs> they sold and then exactly. you buy again and then you keep repeating that and then you keep ending up with less and less coin mm -hmm. and less and less money and paying them fees Everything adds up. So if you just get an idea of how long it takes, set a calendar, you know, like maybe daily or weekly and be like, okay, I'm going to check how my position is going. Uh, maybe you have to add more. Maybe right here or dip below where you, your initial entry, maybe DCA right there because you still have an opportunity to buy more for less, even if price is going up. That's why we also advise never throw your whole bag, your whole stack or your whole portfolio. For trading or investing, exactly. Or trading or investing. You always want to have room, a large amount of room to either in your strategy to help pad or better your entry if possible. Because yeah, you may be able to, you may have caught it on the first hit and that's amazing. But most likely we'll never catch a top, a, you know, a complete top or a complete bottom. You want to give yourself some room just in case you can get a better entry and you want to have some money on the side. 100%. And I, th I think this is where the similarities start stacking up mm -hmm. between trading and, and investing because also you need to know your goal, right? Yeah, what is your goal? Plan your trade and then trade the plan. The same goes for investing, right? Right. Plan the investment and then invest according to that plan. Right. Are you going to DCA? Are you going to VCA? Where are your take profit targets? What happens if it surpasses your profit targets? What are you going to do when you're up 100%? Mm -hmm. Are you going to take your initial capital out and then just let the rest ride? Potentially it comes back all the way down to your entry and that's all your profits worthless. What are you going to do? So going into your trade or your investment, fully understanding everything you're going to do mm -hmm. is crucial for being profitable in either of those sectors. Absolutely. And the mindset's very different between the two, right? Mm -hmm. Investing, you're throwing that money away. Some people don't think of it like that, but I like to think of investments like that. If I invest in something, that money's gone. It does not exist for me. Right. I'll check on it, but I've already wrote it off as a loss. And that allows me to make better decisions. That also allows me to not throw all my money in there, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't want to have all my money be a loss, right? As soon as it's invested, it's a loss. It's gone. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to go to zero, but yeah. probably if you make 10 investments, three are going to be very successful. I mean, depending on 
<laughs> how well you've you've made those investments. Ten to thirty percent of those those investments are going to be successful, and maybe those will offset the other seven seventy percent, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. But that's the point: is you're buying at any price with the expectation of it being more valuable in the future. So then you can sell it, and you have to sell it. <laughs> you have to realize the profit. Right. I'm a scalper. I would say that's that's my bread and butter. I'm on the one, five, and the 15, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the hourly. So that's what I do. So I'm looking for 0.5 to 3% moves. Yeah. And then I'm usually just out of the trade. I'm done. I'm good. One, one technique that I had to kind of build into my own strategy, because I do have investments and I do have swing trades, and I will have maybe a, I'll, I'll scalp. Scalping, I love scalping, because I can get in and out two hours in a day, and make enough just to just to ride that out, right? So that's my yeah, day. You can make ten percent in five that's minutes. That's it. That's great. What I found, and I've heard this advice when I first started, especially in crypto, is you want to make it hard, or you want to make it hard to access other other money. So if you have a swing account, do not use that swing account like a scalp account. Do not use your position account or investment account like a scalp account. If your scalp account is doing bad, that's it. Don't pad it. Don't pull from the swing account. Uh, and they don't make it the same account either. Don't swing trade and, and scalp off the same portfolio. Even if a different exchange might not be a bad idea, because with what we're seeing happen with centralized oh exchanges, I mean, it's it's actually you're protecting yourself from your fear and greed, yeah. but also from some sort of centralized failure right. of a trading platform that you're on. You want to control yourself and I've been there where I was like, it's easy for me just to put money from my spot account into my derivatives account to help a trade out that I wound up not doing so well in. And then I screwed up my spot account, right? Oh, yeah, it's instant. The transfers are instant. It's instant. And I'm, so I mean, I actually made several accounts that has me do like 2FA. I had to have an email pin sent. Like it is a pain in the butt just to get access to my own money, I just blocked myself from screwing up my own trade plan. And you might say to yourself, well, I'm more disciplined than that. Everybody's disciplined until they're not, especially in trading. And I have built these rules for myself over over years because I have I know myself now where I'm like, okay, I get to a point and I just, just shut down. I don't trade anymore. I will not access a swing account. I will not access a position or a HODL account. I will not access those. If it's a scalp going bad, I set a stop loss and I just eat that and I go home and I don't even think about it. The worst thing that can happen actually is you do that and it works out. Oh yeah. I think that's the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing. You use money that you should not be touching for a specific trade or a specific investment Mm -hmm. and it works out. Okay, great. You made money, but you know what's going to happen next? you're going to do it again. And this time you have more money. And now you're probably going to lose more money. <laughs> yep.